to Sword and Board. I'm Luke. And I'm Lars. This is an attempt to rank every fantasy film ever made. Uh, Lars, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I am doing really well. I had um, woke up yesterday morning, and Eleanor had kept me up and Elizabeth up all night uh, with an ear infection, and I decided I needed another day of weekend. <laughs> so I took a day off yesterday, and oftentimes when I take a day off and I'm at home, I'm trying to run around and do like chores and like errands, adult you know, things, just, like stuff around. Yeah, and I decided, you know what? I'm gonna go shopping, and I'm just gonna go drive around. And I drove by a brewery, and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna go have a beer. I'm gonna get a massage." And I'm, I just it was a just a me day. I get you. It was kind of nice. It was really nice. Mom and Dad were in town mm-hmm. for Mom's birthday weekend, and they uh, obviously they got to see the the kids, the important people yeah, in our family. Exactly. Uh, the kids and, in Merlin. Uh, the kids in Merlin, and 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 we were also there. But yeah, how uh, how's, how have you been? Good. Uh, we got rid of our couch this weekend. It has moved on to a new home oh. finally, which is nice. Uh, we rearranged a little bit. I have not done much. I have been baking. I made a couple of uh, blueberry pound cakes recently that came out quite quite scrumptious. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm an incredibly boring person. I mean. Who would have guessed? Because my, the highlights of my <laughs> of my every couple of weeks are uh, sitting around talking about fantasy movies. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a really for for those of you just joining the podcast. We're always not this much of a downer. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> no, it's just so I didn't, uh, go watch some fantasy movies and uh, jump off a bridge. Apparently, that's, uh, <laughs> that's no, no, that's no. The it's, moral of this it was podcast. just a very very boring couple of weeks. There's no, that hasn't done a whole, I haven't done a whole lot other than I baked a pound cake. Like, I haven't gone to any festivals like I was for a while, like we were for a while. It seemed like every episode we were starting out like that. But no, I haven't done a whole lot. So it's just, so it's just a malaise. A malaise has set in on listen, Casa listen, Carter. Fairby E. Parnell. Yeah. No, it's not even a malaise. It's just been more of a, it sounds like, yeah, it's just, it's just a, a life, you know, it's a boring weekend. It's okay. It happens. They occur. Gotcha. Um, so, oh, here we go. Big news. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Eleanor, well, Elizabeth and I are taking Eleanor to her first comic book convention this weekend. Elliot went with me to the same one last year. He was a little apprehensive, didn't really know what it was all about. Like, we got in the car last year, and he's like, it was just me and him. And he's like, We're, why are we leaving Mommy? I don't want to leave Mommy. I want to stay here. I don't want to go to Comic-Con. <laughs> like, well, I paid for your ticket. So, well, I paid for my ticket. He's free. Yeah. We're going. And the second that we got there, he saw um, Azrael from Supernatural, the angel guy, the guy with the, I think it's Azrael. No, Castile. Castile, uh, Castiel, yeah. Castiel, yep. I've watched um, far too much of that show. Castiel. So he, um, we saw them, and it was like, oh, what is this? And we went into the, the main hall, and he saw so many Spider-Men and, like, Cats <laughs> in America and just lost his damn mind. Right. Um, so I don't know what Eleanor's going to do. She's, she's younger than he was at that point. Mm-hmm. I think that she's going to get a kick out of, like, the princesses. Right. And, like, Wonder Woman, she loves her some Batman, though. Not Batgirl. Right. Batman. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I think that she'll she'll either scream in terror but from everybody dressed up, or she'll... Shriek in delight from everyone dressed up. Shriek in delight from everybody dressed up. So, there's going to be shrieking. It's either going to be positive or negative. Tune back in for the <laughs> <Eventually>. next episode, <laughs> and we'll, we'll tell you about it. Yeah. Um, 
to be honest, not a lot of stalling needed this week. No. One pretty good, one pretty okay. Uh, one very okay. Yeah. Lot, lots of okayness. Um, and one pretty good. Yeah. I went second last time, so I'll go first this time. Okay. And with this one, I chose 2008's Inkheart, directed by Ian Softley. He did um, Hackers. Um, he oh, did, God, I love that movie. Which I, that'll, I'll just stop with Hackers because that that's it. Um, <laughs> he, he did other things, but Hackers was the one to, to remember. It stars Brendan Fraser, who we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, this is post-Mummy, pre-Heartbreaking Decline. Yeah. <laughs> so, Pre-that article where, you, where he talks about everything that happened to him. Yeah. So this movie just starts. There's no explanation. There's no no pro you know no like expository dialogue it is just we're starting this thing yeah basically the movie is about brendan fraser's character is a silver tongue and what this is is it's a person that has the power to read out loud and what he reads out loud or what she reads out loud through the power of their voice read things into life so you read moby dick and moby dick comes out and you read you know um alibaba and the 40 thieves and 40 thieves or whatever it is you know you know the uh, thousand nights aladdin pops out you know that, yeah. that sort of thing and at one point he read this book called inkheart and it made this really bad guy come out along with some his henchmen and this other character paul bettany a vision fame but <laughs> but apparently so some of the problem i had with with this and we'll, we'll talk about it like the rules kind of weren't firmly established because something has to be if you read something out you have to if something gets read in read in and so the Correct. plot of the the plot of the book is that his um by reading Inkheart out loud he accidentally read his wife into the book into the and book he spent the past 10 years trying to find right and now he's her. he's been and and, that, and then the book got burned so he spent the last 10 years with his daughter trying to find out trying to find a copy find of, a copy of Inkheart. Inkheart. and his daughter doesn't know what's going on his his daughter thinks that his wife you know left him right but i had some questions so so that that's the a to b plot that that's the story and 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 it's you mentioned it's very much like Last Action Hero. It's very meta. I, I will never, there's never going to be a time I'm not going to try to talk about Last Action Hero, which is 20 years ahead of when it was supposed to, probably 20 years ahead of its time, at least. It's a, it's a fine movie. I, I It's very, it's, it's, it, it does not get the credit that it deserves. Part of why, part of why it kind of just fell off the cultural radar is what came out a week before Jurassic Park. I've heard some things about that one. Just a small little little movie there. Last Action Hero, I think, if it had come out at a later time, or like if it had come out later in the year, in that year, or if it even come out now, we would be talking about it more just because it's a lot more metatextual and understanding of, of the thing. This felt like that for books. But they just didn't go far um, enough with it, I thought. No. It also has the single most obvious reshoot I have ever seen in a movie. What laid on me. So this is a series of books, and they explore more of what happens in the books. It's so apparently. okay. So it's based on a series of it's German books. Right? It's based off. It's like yeah, uh, German books. It's like Inkheart, Ink World, or something like that. I don't know the exact names. Of ink them, Liver, Ink Re- Spleen. Exactly. Uh, ink uh, Ink Sweetbreads. Right. Um, <laughs> it really took a turn for the worse with Ink Anus. But... Exactly. <laughs> and then the spinoff involving a squid, Ink Bladder. Right. Exactly. Anyways, apparently they do end up 
in the book at uh, in later books, and they talk about more the rules in later and later books and later fiction. That's that's fine. But right at the end, so Dustfinger, Paul Bettany's character, he is able to control and move fire, kind of. He has been he spent the past ten years trying to get back into his book, which happens. He was the he came out when the bad guy Brendan Fraser's when Brendan Fraser's wife came into it uh, came right. uh, was read into it and so he's been trying to get back into the book and at the end of the movie Brendan Fraser's character turns out to have like uh, his daughter is a silver tongue as well and they plot through plot device plot device they're able to get all the bad guys back into the book and Paul Bettany misses his chance to go back into it and he says well he's never going to read again his wife's back. And so he walks off with a member of the Forty Thieves, Alibaba, one of Alibaba's Forty was a, Thieves. I thought it was Aladdin. It's not Aladdin. It's one of the Forty okay. Thieves because that story is is Alibaba and the Forty Thieves. Gotcha. And it's one it's one of just the no name characters. It's a, a thing. Got it. So they walk off to have adventures together, and then immediately afterwards, in another set, not on that bridge, not on the, and just in a forest, what it looks like it could be anywhere from five feet to several miles away. There's no identifying markers of this Brendan Fraser's character runs up and says I promised I was going to read you back into the book and he does because it felt like like right there there's the tone of Dustfinger has accepted his fate and he's walking off to do to solve something to Mm -hmm. To walk the earth like pain, <laughs> bringing it back. Yep. And so then immediately afterwards, that emotional weight of him growing as a person is undercut by Brendan Fraser running up to him. And that felt like obvious, didn't test well with audience reshoot. Gotcha. It's the most obvious one I've ever seen. Okay. I've probably ever seen. So spoilers, I mean, he, he saves the day. His, his daughter does, in fact, read the, the wife out. So... Actually, here's the thing. So I'll come back to my questions at the end, but some some things that I thought were just little little notes as I had. Um, so Brendan Fraser's a bookbinder. He's like a book doctor because, of course, he is. Yep. That's a thing. And it, it, it could be. He... Oh, so they're like on their drive, pull into this like this European market with all these old books, and his daughter's like, "Hey, this looks like your kind of place." I'm like, "I want that to be my kind of place. That looked pretty neat." Yeah, it's funny how many times that we've watched really crap movies for this. So it's jarring when, "Hey, this is a real movie with real locations and real actors. This is different." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. But so in the interim, since he's read, he read out the bad guy who is actually played by Andy, Andy Circus of Gollum fame, who actually was really good in this he is a, he is a, a gem of an actor and is yeah. it's really frightening how good of an actor he is and no one seems to talk about that they talk about his mocap stuff right and but well, that that is you have to be a good know, actor acting to, a, yeah just act, i mean that's that's the same thing i mean he, he's just he's really good so basically what's been happening is that in the interim the bad guy i forget his name capricorn, capricorn. so capricorn who is just some low-level bandit in in the fantasy book right so he capricorn's come out and and he's tr- he's amassing wealth, and he's figured out you know what silver tongues are, which I kind of I, I didn't know. Do story characters one do they know what a silver tongue is? Like, are they aware of? This? I don't think they're aware of it, but I think they did, did he like just figure yeah, it out? I guess I think he I think he had to have figured it out that there was at least someone who's able to play like, right, and, and I think it depends on on writing and plot holes and things like that. Okay, okay, so he he's figured it out, and he's he's gotten another guy 
night to come read him, basically bringing in treasures and, you know, reading in all of these different things and, and has amassed a fortune and like it created an evil empire, basically. And he's also... Yeah, and like he, it's one of the things, one of the rules that they establish is that that's not exactly a one-to-one correspondence. You, can, you can't really choose how you can read out what comes out, but you can kind of English it a little bit. And so it does take time and that's why there's, you see all of his goons and they've all got writing on them and they're all a little bit weird because the guy that silver tongue he found isn't as good as really bad Frazier. yeah and he's got a little bit of a stutter and he's not as he's not as good and so it's they're coming out half formed which which was really see all inter- these, like that was really cool and you see all these other things that he's pulled out like a unicorn from some unicorn and story the with writing on the side from of from wizard of oz and you hear like the ticking of the, the croc from crocodile Pan. from i i appreciated that that was a cool little thing i would like to have seen more of that more weird like I need you to read in something read in more plot devices or me- read in more solutions to these problems like as they're running away like he has a book something and he I, reads. I, yeah exactly like this would have been a great Netflix series like series of unfortunate events yeah like you know what you could like you're, you're running away so he he reads a night to remember and the iceberg from the Titanic comes in and blocks their path or like some exactly something like that and then actually so I had a question about about this too is that he really only reads fairy tales if you read mm-hmm. Mein Kampf, does Hitler show up? I don't know because that then is—is it fiction or is it yeah? But but also Wait, it, well, it, I, it's only like there's and I wonder if it's because it's all stuff that's in the public domain. That's why they talk about mm-hmm. it, you know, so because they can't this they couldn't Ready Player One this and pay all the royalties for all these other properties, right? So exactly. Know, so even though this takes place in 2008, you can't read Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park to get the dinosaur to come out and eat everybody. No, <laughs> see, and I, I'd heard about this from a friend of mine in college years ago and I was thinking well then why doesn't he just find a copy of any of the countless Superman prose no- novels mm-hmm. and read Superman into the world and then all of a sudden all the problems are solved mm-hmm. right yeah and okay cool you may have accidentally brought Lex Luthor into the world I'm fine with having another Mark Zuckerberg float around <laughs> so it was you know there's glaring things like hey that doesn't quite make sense like another one at the very beginning he's reading to his daughter Little Red Riding Hood and you see Little Red Riding mm-hmm. Hood's cape come in who went into the little red riding hood or what is it a is it a equivalent exchange is it like is that why people socks uh, go missing in the dryers that their silver tongues running Mm. around and they're just pulling weird bits of cloth out that could be that i had another another big glaring question so i like woody allen movies i don't like woody allen yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> clarify that Let statement. Clarify there. this is that there, and and I don't even like all Woody Allen movies. There, I love Midnight in Paris. My knowledge yeah. of Woody Allen doesn't negate my love for some of his movies. They make right. me make it. Some of them put a different color on them. I love Manhattan, but then when you start thinking through, uh, she's like sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. That's kinda, or, or there's uh, it's like the like the Joss Whedon stuff. Like makes his entire catalog of of fiction. Wow, everything is just crystal clear now. Yeah, right. But it doesn't mean that a Joss Whedon film is bad or that a Woody Allen movie isn't funny or great to watch. It's just, it, 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 anyway, I mean, that, that's a whole conversation. It makes it difficult. Yeah, but the, yeah. Does your knowledge of the creator harm its creation? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But right. One of his movies is called The Purple Rose of Cairo. And it's set during the Depression. And Mia Farrow is, you know, this down on her luck woman. Um, I forget if she's married or like in a loveless marriage or something. So she goes to the movies to escape, just escape everything. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
And Jeff Daniels, who plays this adventurer in the movie The Purple Rose of Cairo, spots her in the audience and comes out of the movie theater, like comes out of the movie and right. falls in love with her. And they have this little romance. And all the other actors in the are in the movie, like in, in Purple Rose of Cairo, yeah. they're stuck there. They're stuck in the scene because he's not there to move them forward in the movie. And that happens all over the country. Yeah, that was something that I have been trying to figure out is, is it just this copy of Ex- the story that gets that's edited? That's my question. Or... Exactly. That's my question. Yep. Is that? So Brendan Fraser has read out Little Red Riding Hood, for example. You know, she's, mm-hmm. you know, is Little Red Riding Hood no longer in any copy of Little Red Riding Hood? Or is it in that in from what, what story? I have, from what I have been told, that gets explored in the later books. Oh. Uh, but again, in the, in because the series of a, German books a... that I won't read, so never mind. It's not worth <laughs> So you're saying it's not worth wasting my my energy on that. Well, no, I think they're actually pretty good and they were translated. They're, they're sta- they were made stateside. Apparently the author of of the book when she was writing her first choice to play Brendan Fraser's character with Brendan Fraser. And how many authors since have been able to say that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's like in Time Bandits when they wrote the script, their plan was to, King Agamemnon was to have Sean Connery. They wrote it into the script and they got Sean Connery. Right. No, I'm saying that how many people now write a movie for Brendan Fraser? Not many. That's true. No, but what happened to Brendan Fraser? Let's talk about that because um, I mean we we've exhausted this movie. It was okay. It had a neat premise. I wish they had done more with it. I love your idea of like a chase scene where he's reading stuff to get them out of a chase. Mm-hmm. They kind of did that where he read the tornado from Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz. into the world to get them out. That was pretty cool. I wish they had done more of that. If the if the movie had been more of that, that would have been it would have kind of put it over right. that level of wow, this is actually really great. Also, there's this one little minor thing. Helen Mirren in this, and Helen Mirren is a is a you know just a gem of of humanity, and we need to protect her at all costs. She was doing mm-hmm. Judy Dench. Yeah. That was the thing that I could I was like the entire time I was like, is she just doing a Judy Dench? And she wasn't she wasn't trying to be another character. It just felt like she was acting like if Judy Dench was the first choice for that Correct. role. What happened to Brendan Fraser? So he apparently went through a bad divorce, had a lot of trouble with some of his spent a lot more time at home to raise his kids he got harassed by like his producer or something like that Mm -hmm. or assaulted by his producer there's a whole sad article about it and it's a whole thing about how he fell off the map because he just got hurt by a lot of what was going on and just spent more time with his son oh like his autistic son um Mm -hmm. like he bought a horse from one of the movies he was in because it was so gentle and he wanted to have something where he it was something where he could engage with his child more about it well that's awful if i can find the article yeah no it turns out that he's actually just a really sweet guy and it just a bunch of bad things happened to him but apparently now he's his career's on a little bit of an uptick. He's in the DC Doom Patrol, which is apparently amazing mm-hmm. and bonkers, and a bunch of other little things that he's been around. He just never was. He was. He should have been. The Mummy should have started more than it did. Right. And unfortunately, it didn't. Because mm-hmm. I, it's this weird thing I've noticed that apparently everyone our age saw and loved the Mummy, mm-hmm. and it's one of those like weird cultural markers that we all seem to remember. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah, no, the mummy rules. Why? I don't know why we all saw it. I'd say mum- I mummy mean, and also, mummy returns. Yeah, the mummy returns is, is not as good, but no. it's still kind of it's still it's kind so of cheesy. Fun. But the original mummy is one of my favorite movies, and I always forget how much I love it. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Well, then, that anyways, makes, that, honestly, that makes his downturn not so much a downturn as just it. You know, it sounds like life happened, but it seems like he's made peace with it. So good. 
Right. I feel better about that then. Mm-hmm. What about your movie? Okay. So my movie, we rented it on a whim just to see, like, all right, well, we're expecting this to be garbage. And it wasn't. And we found um, the Robin Hood 2018 with Taron Edgerton and Jamie Foxx. I am utterly shocked at how much I loved that. Mm-hmm. Because that shouldn't have been as good as it was. And I don't, th- and I get why it was kind of forgotten because I think the next week Enter the Spider-Verse came out. Which was much better. Enter the Spider-Verse is amazing. So it's fair. It's fair like the competition. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, fine. I've had a lot of people say, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm just tired of Robin Hood as a, as a character. I'm like, when was the last Robin Hood movie? It's the Russell Crowe one. And then when was that? When was the one before that? Men in Tights. Right. Like, I, I'm, I don't, I can't think of another one before that. Before Men in um, yeah. Yeah, besides Prince of Thieves. And then before that, nothing. The best Robin Hood movie, and we'll talk about this, is the cartoon with the foxes. Yep, absolutely. Still, mm. still. Yeah, still. It, that that's the best one. <clears throat> However, this one it t- t- this is t- the tell, okay, best. So every, everybody knows the story of Robin Hood. What what makes this one different? This decides to take the tack that it is if Robin Hood like they, they basically make it into Robin Hood is Batman or Robin Hood is Green Arrow, mm. and Robin it Hood's sets more, up more the idea Arrow. that. More, huh? more green arrow. Yeah, but it set, it sets it up the idea that he is a a vigilante. So there's all these superhero movies out. Let's make a superhero version of Robin Hood. That's a great way to put it. It maps the idea on the, the onto that story. maps that onto the story, and it works. And then they take it up a step farther. Like if they use that as their kernel of a of a story, that's fine, and that would work well. And then they decide to go buck wild with it, and they decide to make all of the costuming and all of the setting and all that. Ne- Nebulous. I did some research on this. The actual costuming notes were designed to be one third in the past, one third in the present, one third in the future. The costumes like they, so are it could be bananas. First of all, they are bananas in this movie, and I love it. I love that it it is utterly time that it looks completely out of time and dis in out of sync with anything that it could be. It was so weird. There was, I, I actually show, the movie's good. The costumes for me really were jarring. And normally I don't give a shit about costumes as long as, you know, whatever. There's pe- people have to wear yeah. something. There's certain costumes that I really remember. I think we talked about Dragonheart last time. I remember the bad guy's outfit. Yeah. The, the knight's outfit in Excalibur are s- still incredible. But then yeah. there's the ones that take me out of it. And I'm sure that we'll watch this. Um, The King Arthur movie with Sean Connery and Richard Gere. They just, those costumes Look oh, weird. Um, we're not going to talk about first night for a while. I still have bad memories. We'll, we'll watch that one. <laughs> no. but it. But, oh, I know. Um, but this, it, I, it was to the point where I had to show Dad. Like Dad hadn't seen it, so I, yeah. I, I got it up on uh, on HBO, and I was like, just watch this. And it was the scene where where Robin is training in Loxley Hall, and it looks like he's wearing like an Under Armour shirt. Yeah, it, it just looks no. like, and, and and it's not, it's not threadbare. It's not like coarse. It's not. It's just, oh, he, he's wearing an Under Armour shirt. They didn't have that in whenever. This no, this is, this but is and, the and thing that, the, ugh, it was just so weird. See, that's so what weird. that was one of the things that I loved about this is that it was it seemed like a Robin Hood movie for people who didn't want who would never go watch a Robin Hood movie because it's meant to be like the, when it cuts the Crusades, their armor and the Crusades looks like modern military armor. It looks like yeah, it They're, looks like a flashback and. So my understanding of archers is that they are mm-hmm. long range weapons. Like in Braveheart, all right, archers they go up first. They're way in the back of the battlefield. Yeah, that's they, that's 
that's what you do. That's what they do. These archers go through the city like like they're clear like they're clearing halls like, they're like clearing it's halls, meant to be like this is meant to be a an M16 rifle, but it's a bow that makes yeah. no sense when you're cl- in close quarter combat. It was except <laughs> if you're trying to be evocative of a modern oh, of film, course. And, and, and that's right, what exactly, and that's what that's what they were trying to do, and that's why I, I like kept resonating with this is because it's it also Ben Mendelsohn plays the sheriff of Donningham, and Ben Mendelsohn is just such a good actor, and mm-hmm. I want him to play every villain who wears gray because that's his like last three roles has been a guy who's just wearing gray. Like he was the bad guy yeah. in Ready Player One. He was the bad guy in Rogue One. Uh, oh, he can also be in movies that's that have one on the word. Mm-hmm. I loved it because it was it was that weird timelessness to it because all the crossbows and all the weapons also looked modern while being mm-hmm. bows and arrows. I love Excuse I love the so so Jamie Foxx is little John. Well, he's John. Yeah. And he's like has his Arabic name, but you know, I'm I'm going to it, it translates to John. Like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was great in it. I, I, I like, I like me some Jamie Fox. But it was, mm-hmm. So they, to your point, it, it is. He makes it into a vigilante. Like, you know, the, they're pumping all this money into this war, and they're, you know, they're robbing the poor to to fund it and and sending the poor to fight. And Jamie Fox is from that part of the world, you know, and you know, in the Crusades, he's a Moor, and he wants to get back at them. You know, the people that basically, you know, raped and pillaged and killed his family and you know, killed his society. And kill a son, yeah. yeah. And he says, this war will be fought in the street. You need a street weapon. And in my head, I'm like, oh, you mean like a sword, not a bow? And he, like, he gives him a bow with like brass knuckles on it. I'm like, well, why don't you just give him a sword? Where are the swords? Are all the swords gone in this world? Where, why does everybody have a bow? That doesn't... They're, all, they're all in the Crusades. All, all the swords all are in the, the Crusades. The Crusades. <laughs> well, no, and I like that it's a, it's a smaller, faster draw bow, and he trains him for this. And I like the idea. That was an interesting spin where I had never seen someone like in this kind of story as opposed to just go and kill the commander in the field. He's like, no, the easiest, the best way for me to stop this war is to stop the war, is to go to where the war is being is mm-hmm. and cut the funding off and do that. And so it takes on the bent of Batman or Green Arrow where Robin plays this foppish kind of rich kid. Well, Zorro, like Batman and all all modern superheroes trace their origins to super, to Zorro in a, in a lot of ways. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like in most versions of uh, Batman, he's coming out of the uh, the movie he and his family are watching is the Tyrone Power Mark of Zorro. Yeah. And it's just that's the way they've always established it is that he comes out of Zorro because it's mm-hmm. the, the wink and the nod to where he comes from. And and uh, he's also, you know, the I, I more like Zorro where he, he's not foppish, you know, because, you know, Zorro, the, I forget Zorro's alter ego's name, but, you know, he's very uh, Don Diego de la Vega. Yeah. Don Diego is very, <laughs> Don Diego is very, you know. He faints at the sight of blood. Right, very prissy. He he doesn't do that to an extent, but he's definitely, he, he's playing a part when he's Robin of Loxley. Robin right. Hood is actually I like, who he I is. I like that. And so it's it's cool. Again, it's to, to be evocative of that. And I like that because there's that whole indictment of, um, of fascism in it. And that's just the same kind of like he's in a, like the sheriff is an authoritarian guy with the backing of the church. And he's this monster who does all these different things. And I I love that Marion's love interest is Will. I mean, I assume he's meant to be Will Scarlet. Especially when his face I mean, gets William, burned off. That's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, when his face gets, yeah. And Who's so Christian he, um, Grey for you uh, Fifty Shades of Grey fans out there. And he was the Huntsman in the first season, and the, the first half of um, Once Upon a Time, and which was a show that went downhill really quickly. <laughs> 
first two and a half seasons are great. Rest of it's garbage. Anyways, he is this populist leader in that world, but but he's also kind of like, no, we need to petition, we need to talk, we need to do this the right way. Mm-hmm. And then there's Robin, direct action works. Yep. You know, punch Nazis. And at the end of the movie, the church comes to face burned Will Scarlet and says, hey, we need a new sheriff. You were a politically ambitious guy. And he becomes the new sheriff and the authoritarian ruler. It's like, oh, so milquetoast centrism, yep. you know, is the kind of way to go. I love that they kept shooting it like a riot. So what what's what centrism lead, leads to? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He said it's a- some other things. They had Molotov cocktails. <clears throat> Because, yep. you know. Well, yeah, again, it's 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 evocative of a riot. Like, everyone's wearing the mask, and they're nailing, they're tagging, uh, they're tagging places with hoods on the right. walls. Right. And again, it's it's not a fantasy movie, or it's not a, Ta- a it's Robin a, it's movie. It's a historical drama. <laughs> that I think that was what people didn't like. Why isn't this historical? It doesn't have to be, you asshole. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. The proverbial asshole. Right, right, exactly. You're not, there are reasons to call me an asshole. I'm, I'm with you for this movie. I, it, I actually, you know, I went into yes. it because I, I loved Prince of Thieves. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. I, I did. I, I loved it. So any new Robin Hood movies, had my guard up with them. You know, and this one, I was. it, it looked so crazy. And, you know, in the previews, I didn't go see it. This was a good one. This was a fun, yeah. like, rainy Sunday afternoon movie it was a lot of action good performances i, re- I liked i like taron egerton i like jamie fox a lot my biggest problem okay with this and it actually is my biggest problem with all superhero movies that are origin mm-hmm. stories and the reason why the cartoon one is the best there's not enough of him stealing and inspiring the commoners it is just a montage and then he's a hero the reason why the the, and, and, oh, now he's inspired us. He's a hero. The reason, and I never understand why. It's like, okay, he did a couple of things, and now, the, you know, and this usually happens towards the midpoint or maybe, you know, two, three quarters of the way in already. The reason why the cartoon Robin Hood is the best is that it, it drops starts us in, in the media middle. Res. In media res. Is that he has already built up a legend. The commoners all support him already because there are adventures that we never saw. He's already, mm-hmm. you know, he's already in there. That's the best way to do this story. It's also the best way, at least for me, the most impactful way because Robin Hood is so much of a legend it's hard to build up a legend in a montage right you know so Uh if you already kind of take it for granted that he's already a legend and now we just follow him on this adventure I like that more so that was my one problem with this is that it just didn't give it enough time to build the legend of Robin Hood. But right, right. But that's that's a concern that any superhero, you know, any origin story, they follow the same um, beats. And I right. Speaking of following the same beats, I remember I was sitting there with Victoria and we're watching this, and I jokingly mentioned to her, "Hey, what do you think the super weapon that he's going to break out to fight Robin Hood is going to be?" Just jokingly throw that out because all all superhero movies do. Mm-hmm. As he says this. The sheriff, as I say this, the sheriff of Robin, uh, the sheriff says to um, one of his goons, like, and I've got new soldiers coming in, fresh from the Crusades. Of course, of course, I was kidding, yeah. and it happens. You heard me, movie, and it turns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally okay with calling bits like that, but I think that's great. My main takeaway is that I love that this was wasn't a fa- this is a fantasy movie for people who didn't want to admit they were watching a fantasy movie. Yeah, you know, and 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 it was different enough to to warrant a remake. Like, if you're just going to do, mm-hmm. like, a retread of all the same stuff, okay, you know, what was the, you know, why? Um, this was different enough that, like, hey, you, you, you were, you, you justified the retelling. Right. But, yeah, the, <laughs> the costumes were bananas, and then just, it was, uh, 
it was just funny watching them clearing those streets in wherever they were in, in Iraq or Persia or wherever, fighting the Crusades. But right. I think that it was, it, they actually did a really, it, it was a big surprise. Right. And that was, that was my biggest takeaway. <laughs> right. We were expect, I was expecting garbage and I got a great pizza movie. You know, yeah. just something that I wasn't going to eat, like eat a, eat a pizza and watch this and like, this is great. Don't know if I want to watch it again anytime soon, but if it's on, I'm certainly going to. I yeah, think no, if the, like this it. is the, this is the kind of movie that would play on TBS over and over again, and everyone would go nuts over it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. I think yours is better. I agree. Pick a. Pick a mid grade. Pick a, a point. Okay, so I'm gonna. I'm thinking. Let's go with in. Let's go with in cart first because I got a spot for that. Okay. I think in cart is more enjoyable, or at least. Better than Dragonfire, but I don't think it's as good as the Neverending Story. I agree. Okay. I uh, so that's yeah, that's where I think mm-hmm. Inkart that puts that puts Inkart at number nine right now. Okay. Where would what do you think about about Robin Hood? So what's the one above Neverending Story? Um, Sorcerer's Apprentice. And what's the, above a Sorcerer's Apprentice? Dragonheart. In between those, I'd say it's. I think yeah. it's better. It's better than Sorcerer's Apprentice. Just. I had more fun watching it. Not that Sorcerer's Apprentice yeah. wasn't fun. Sorcerer's Apprentice was another surprise for me. Mm-hmm. Dragonheart, I think. To the stars. I, that's better, gonna... Well, and it's also, it's just a better fantasy movie. Yeah. I, I would put Robin Hood between Dragonheart and Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah. You, you think the same okay. thing? Okay. I, I would think the same thing. Okay. I don't think, because above Dragonheart is Dragon Slayer, no. and it's definitely not as good as that. No, we're, no, absolutely not. But yeah. yeah, I think if you're in the top half of the movies that we're watching, if you watch a movie from the top half of the movies we're watching, you're, you're going to be entertained. Exactly. And if you're watching the bottom half, you're also going to be entertained, but <laughs> it's a different kind of entertainment. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I, I think that <laughs> cool. this it, it's, it, it's pleasant to be able to have a week where, you know, it, it's not a slog to watch the movies. These are actually pretty enjoyable. So, uh, right. so thanks. So let's uh, let's change that up and completely torture ourselves next week. I Okay. I can absolutely <laughs> do that for you. Okay. Oh, great. Absolutely. <laughs> Jesus. I suffer for my arm. Oh, right. oh. <laughs> oh man. Lucas, uh, where, uh, where can these fine folks find us on the web? They can find us at Sword in Boardcast on Twitter. I will be updating the list. We have a uh, one on um, Letterbox. It is a social media site for film fans, is what they advertise. I will have the list on there updated when the episode drops. Hopefully, you guys have a good time. Yeah, and if, month, uh, if whenever it takes, if you have uh, if you have some recommendations for movies, send us our, send them our way. In the next couple of weeks, we should have some uh, some guests joining us, so uh-huh. be on the lookout for that. Hope you enjoy our, our ramblings, and hope you enjoy mm-hmm. the movies that we watch even more. Me too. Have a good night. Later.